Hi there. You're listening to Lindisfarne Anglican Church's Sermon Podcast, a place where you can hear God's Word preached if you weren't able to join us at one of our services during the week. My prayer for you today is that as you listen to this message, you'd be challenged, encouraged, and equipped to live as a disciple of Christ in the world. May God richly bless you as you listen to this message today. Uh, if you uh, did come, acro- uh, come over to the house this afternoon for lunch, uh, for the Alpha Lunch, uh, then you would be able to uh, have a look in our backyard. And if you looked in our backyard, uh, probably the first thing you would notice is uh, Amity's um, slightly Scandinavian-inspired uh, cubby house built uh, by my good wife and Tom up the back there one day while I uh, manage the kids because my handyman skills are limited. Uh, and uh, then you, uh, as you uh, notice that, you might look down and you'd see uh, the grass, if you can call it that. Actually, you, what you'd see is the dirt, the dusty, dusty dirt. I'm sure in Sharon's day when she lived there, it was beautiful green grass. But in my day, <laughs> it has become dusty, dusty dirt. Then uh, as you uh, look around, you might notice the lemon tree that I've uh, planted up the back near the shed. Uh, and I'd probably tell you the story about how I took sort of two goes with the shovel. And then I thought, mm, this isn't really working. And I went and got my axe and chopped through the clay with an axe to try and get into the ground to get this uh, tree planted, uh, which combined with uh, a a whole lot of clay breaker, uh, seems to be uh, still alive, though yet to give me a lemon. Then we look at the back fence and you'd see that for some reason, perhaps it's Charles over the back fence uh, and and the beautiful tender care he takes of his garden, I don't know, Uh, But at the back fence, you would see lovely, luscious green grass. Uh, And in fact, uh, it's a bit softer there and uh, things are a little more easily planted. Though with no green thumb, I choose instead to admire the grass rather than plant anything there. Soil matters. We've heard it with the parsley plant. You can't grow parsley in the church carpet. You can't grow parsley in my dusty uh, front corner of my backyard. You need good soil. And Jesus knew this, and that's why he tells the story we read about today. But of course, he tells it in a context, uh, and and Luke tells it and retells it to us in a context uh, of chapter 8. And so we need to consider uh, what comes both before and after the parable as we seek to apply it to our lives today. And of course, as we heard from Chris, chapter 8 opens with uh, reminding us the kind of people who are on the journey with Jesus in verses 1 to 3. And this picks straight up from where we were last week, if you were here, where uh, Luke tells us about the time Jesus went to have dinner with Simon the Pharisee and the dinner party was gate-crashed by this sinful woman who was so overwhelmed with joy at the forgiveness that she could receive in Christ uh, that she was willing uh, to endure this public shame as she wept uh, over the Lord Jesus and anointed him with oil and washed his feet, uh, expressing her gratitude for Jesus' acceptance and love. Chapter 8 then picks up, reminding us that in fact... 
that Jesus was constantly in the business of upturning societal expectations. Uh, the whole crowd who hang around with him, the, the 12 disciples, we know fishermen and tax collectors, not the kind of upstanding religious folk that you might expect uh, God to gather around him as he sought to bring a new uh, uh, thing to bear, his kingdom to bear on this world. And not only that, uh, but women... Women were prominent uh, uh, in Jesus's uh, uh, entourage, not just as some sort of uh, nice uh, offside thing where they helped with the cooking, but in fact we read in verse three these women co- travelled with him and in fact were the ones who gave to support the work. These women contributed to allowing Jesus and the disciples to do their ministry. All these people, disciples and these women that we read about, Mary Magdalene, a social outcast, right up to Joanna, the wife of Herod's right-hand man, women of high and low status, uh, have had their lives radically transformed by Jesus and are now devoting their lives to both partnering in the work and supporting the work of the spread of the message of the kingdom. And that teaches us two things as we consider this parable about soil. The first thing it teaches us is that uh, we need to uh, get out of the habit. I talked a little bit about this last week, but we need to get out of the habit of comparing and thinking about the kind of people we're sharing the gospel with. Like, we need to stop kind of going, I reckon that person's receptive, but that person won't be receptive. And instead, we need to just sow the seed regardless I've spent a long I spent a long time being upset with Christians for spreading the gospel in what I thought were unhelpful ways and now maybe they are unhelpful ways but at least they're spreading the gospel and the seed will fall where the seed falls and God will bring the growth I mean if you think about the story from last week Simon the Pharisee was a good church going religious person who cared about what the Bible said, you'd think he'd be the sort of person who would be responsive to Jesus showing him how he fulfilled it, and yet he wasn't so. It was a sinful woman whose life was in a dreadful mess who heard the good news, you are loved and accepted by God, and she responds with faith. We need to spread the gospel seed far and wide, regardless of how we think it might be received. We don't know what kind of soil we will find. The second thing we see too is that the good news changes us. These fishermen no longer fish for for fish but for people. These women no longer uh, are going about their own lives using their money for themselves but instead following with Jesus and supporting the work of the gospel. And I think what we see uh, uh, with that uh, mention of of this financial support is uh, uh, Luke is inviting us uh, when we later get to the parable of the sower and start thinking about, well, how do I know what kind of soil I am, which we'll talk about later. He's inviting us, I think, to check where our heart is by checking where our wallet is. Elisa will uh, tell you that uh, when we go on holidays uh, and say we go to the zoo or something like that, I can't help but 
buy Amity toys. Uh, like, it just gives me great joy to get her a, 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 a monkey or a giraffe toy or whichever animal she happened to like at the zoo that day. I just want to get the toy for her. And I love seeing her face light up and take it home and seeing her play with it. Uh, and I, I, just, I just love doing it. And I'll happily uh, eat two-minute noodles when I get home from my holiday so that, so that I can buy her uh, 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 extra toys because of the great joy it is. Because where my heart is, there my wallet is. And so for these women, their heart has become fully devoted to the Lord Jesus. And so it's had this significant impact on how they use their finances. Just like for that person who I don't know who it is, but that person who gave generously so that we can now put on a children's worker. What a great sign of where their heart is for the gospel. Seeking to see the seed spread. And that's where we find ourselves uh, in verses 4 to 7. Jesus telling the story of the farmer who sowed his seed. He sowed it onto four types of ground. Verse 5, a path where it's trampled and eaten. Verse 6, rocky ground where it comes up a bit but is withered due to lack of moisture. Verse 7, thorns where again it grows but is ultimately choked by the weeds. And verse 8, in the good soil where it produces a crop a hundred times what is sown. And if you're a gardener here, you understand that you get gardening you get how plants work they need good soil you know that you need to add lime and chicken poo and clay breaker and i think there are other things you put in soil to make it better but you know uh, you 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 know and the disciples knew what jesus was talking about but they had no idea what it meant they go what's the point jesus what's the point of what you're saying and so jesus gives them this explanation in verse 11 Uh, starting in verse 11 he says well the seed is the word of God and the path well the path is the one verse 12 who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved these are the people who you and I have both met who when we tell them something about faith or when they encounter something about faith they just flatly and outrightly reject it they want nothing to do with it in fact just this week Uh, A friend of mine who I went to school with on Facebook uh, posted this picture. He'd been handed some Christian literature uh, by uh, someone uh, and he posted this thing about how he he wished, uh, I think his child had actually ended up with it, and so he posted how he wished he could have been there so he could have told them what he really thought. Uh, Hostility to, to to the gospel going out. We all know people like that. And we need to pray for them. And we need to keep spreading the seed. Then Jesus says, the rocky ground. They're the ones who receive the word and then uh, with joy when they hear it. Verse 13, but then they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing they fall away. They're what you might call the fair weather Christian. The one who loves Jesus until something bad happens. And then they give up. They, they, it turns out that they love this idea about a God who loved them, who cared for them, but then when things don't go the way they think they ought to go with a God who loves and cares for them, they say, well, stuff this, I, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. They actually think they know better than God does. 
They approach God on their terms, not on his. And so their faith withers very quickly. Jesus says then in verse 14, there's the thorns. Those who fall amongst the thorns stand for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. I think with this, we see it's not so much the bad stuff of life that chokes uh, uh, this sort of faith, but it's the everyday nature. And it's a little bit more of a, a slow and painful death of faith. There's a great warning here for us. Because I think what Jesus is talking about here is the, the, the general day-to-day stuff of life. You know, uh, the, the worrying about your kids, the worrying about if you've got enough money, the, the making sure your house is nice and it's comfortable and uh, the, the, the way you spend your time and your energy and your effort uh, in uh, getting ahead and setting yourself up uh, for the future and making sure you've got enough to live on in retirement and making sure your kids have the best possible start in life uh, and making sure uh, your work's going well and your business is going well and making sure you've got enough friends uh, and uh, on and on and on it goes about all the concerns that you and I have in everyday life for living. And slowly but slowly, if we make those the main thing, it chokes away faith, doesn't it? We all know people who have let other things other than the Lord Jesus slowly but surely creep into first place in their life. And so life's worries, riches and pleasures have ended up sucking the life out of their faith. Instead of trusting the Lord who promised to give us each day our daily bread, these people focus on getting enough bread. And faith withers when that's the case. Finally, Jesus says, good soil... Verse 15, good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, who retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. These are the people we want to be, isn't it? We read these and go, I hope that's me. I hope I'm like that. Good soil people who hear God's word, who let it soak into our hearts and minds, who keep applying God's word to our life through good times and bad, who keep Christ front and centre in all times and situations, good and bad. That's the kind of person that I want to be. Is it the kind of person you want to be? Because I think... This parable does invite us to ask that question. Which soil am I? Which soil am I? Have I started to let the weeds grow? Or am I good soil? Soil that's hearing God's word, that's putting into practice, that putting it into practice, that's repenting of my sins and coming back to Jesus persevering day in and day out with trust in the Lord Jesus. Is it you? Are you good soil? If you want to be encouraged or perhaps challenged as you think about what kind of soil you are, uh, let me say that I think good soil Christians look like this. Their lives you look at and you can see the impact that they have had 
on others. You can see the way that they've sown into the lives of others. That they've not just helped them, but they've discipled them. You can see how they've sought to put others first. You can see how they've sought to uh, share God's word with others, how they've sought to uh, contribute to the gospel going out. You can see how they've encouraged others in their growth. You can see how they've shared their faith and scattered seed indiscriminately throughout their life. Does that describe you? And if it doesn't yet, it can. Well, there's plenty of people sitting here today who I'm sure would love to pray with you, to read the Bible with you, who would love to be encouraged by you. And there's plenty of people out there who you know, who you can scatter seed, who you can invite to Alpha, who you can share about something God's doing in your life. This is what good soil Christians do. And we see, in fact, that this is what they do uh, because Jesus pivots out of this story of the soils to saying something about shining brightly. He says in verses 16 to 18 that we need to light our lamps and shine brightly. When we've had God's word sown and it's taken root in the good soil, the natural response is that we produce a crop. The wind comes, we sow more seed. And the natural result as well is that we shine brightly the light of Jesus out to others. If that's you, if you're the kind of person who puts Jesus first, if you're the kind of person who's seeking to sow seeds, who's seeking to grow in your faith, who's seeking to shine brightly, then Jesus has some great words for you in verses 19 to 21, doesn't he? Because Jesus is uh, involved deeply in the ministry of spreading the gospel and his biological family comes to visit. <coughs> Excuse me. And he says... What does he say? He says, my mother and brothers, verse 21, are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. And I think that sums up what this whole section in chapter 8 is about. This whole section, be it by talking about those people uh, who've devoted their lives to Jesus, be it talking about uh, the sowing of seeds, or be it talking about the shining of lights. This whole section is about encouraging us to be part of God's family, to be Jesus' mother and brothers and sisters, to be people who hear God's word and put it into practice. We just spent five whole weeks in the book of James talking about this very thing. We've got to be hearers and doers of the word. And so let me finish with two things that we can do. Uh, sorry, three things that we can do. I think firstly, and we'll go in reverse order back through the passage. Firstly, uh, uh, this passage is asking us to shine brightly. And so my encouragement for you today is that you start to pray. Pray for someone to notice your life and to ask you why it's different. 
How can you be po- so positive when uh, that, that this terrible thing is happening? How come you're so kind when people are so mean to you? How come you're so full of joy even when circumstances don't seem to warrant it? I don't know what your circumstances are and how it is that you can show that you're a Jesus person and that you're not on about your own situations, that you've got an eternal perspective, not just a here and now perspective. But pray that someone would notice that. And pray and ask God to help you to reveal if there's perhaps some ways that you need to change so you shine brightly. Maybe you're covering over your life a little bit at the moment. And if so, take corrective action. So shine brightly. But let me also encourage you to be someone who is a seed sower, who being planted in good soil is now producing a crop hundredfold. And so pray again this week for a chance to sow seeds, to share your faith with someone. And then when it happens, because that's so this is what happens, when you start praying to share your faith, it you start getting the opportunity to share your faith because God works powerfully. So when it does happen, just take a risk and have a little bit of a sow. Chuck something out there and see what happens. It might not be the most polished answer. You might not be John Dixon, the greatest kind of Australian evangelist and apologist going around, but just have a go. Whether it's at work, at home, at school, pray for a chance. And, and, and express your heart to them. For integrity speaks volumes. And finally, as we cast our minds back to those first few verses, let's be people who give generously, who make sure that our wallet aligns with our hearts. And let's assess whether or not we have the same kind of devotion that someone who is shining brightly, who is planted in the word of God, who is seeking to see the gospel spread far and wide. Let's, make, let's assess our lives and see whether we have the kind of devotion, the devotion that our wallets reveal about the Lord Jesus. So let's commit our lives to prayer, ask God for opportunities to share and seek to shine brightly and spread widely the good news of Jesus in our lives this week. Amen. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. I hope you were encouraged by God as he spoke to you by his Holy Spirit. Please head to our website if you'd like more information about our church, www.lindisfarneanglican.org.au or like us on Facebook by searching Lindisfarne Anglican. We are a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus. God bless.